Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Lent is the primary season in which, in the church year, in which we get a spiritual tune-up. There are other times, of course, and really every day we should do some checking on ourselves at the end of the day, the beginning of the day. But really, the six weeks of Lent in particular is the time that we inspect the condition of our life, our souls, and really purpose to do something about it. I remind you of this obvious fact this morning because so many of us come to the end of this season and realize that, well, we just didn't do anything or we didn't take advantage of it. Sometimes we, uh, we turn off the TV so we can pray and we ended up spending all the time that we're not on the TV scrolling through Facebook, <laughs> you know, just replace it with something else. It's very easy. You know, the devil's very tricky. He's very, very, very tricky. He catches us up in ways we don't expect. Maybe we shut down Facebook for Lent and then just get distracted by something else. I really encourage you this morning, I want to encourage you, and I'll continue to do so, and I'm speaking to myself as much as I am to you, that we take advantage, that we take advantage of these weeks, these remaining weeks that we have left to us. Let's not waste them. You know, we may think, well, I can do this any time of the year. All these things I do in Lent. I don't have to just do them now. That's true. But Lent is special. Lent is special. There's a grace provided by God. Because we're going through this as a community. And all of the prayers and the hymns and the fasting. And all of the Lenten disciplines. The whole liturgical and devotional apparatus. That's been constructed by the Holy Spirit. To help us through this season. Provides a special grace. For us to change and grow through penitence. The way that I like to think about this is thinking about how short life is. You hear me talk about this quite a bit. You know, we should contemplate our deaths. Really, every day should be a little part of our daily meditation. A meditation on our death. Living each and every day as if it's our last, as they say. Puts everything in perspective. But I like to think about how many lengths I have left in this life. Not too many, especially not too many for me. Well, I hope, I hope there's plenty, but anyway, who knows? We don't know, right? But the life is short, that's the point. Even if you're a youngster, your life is still short. You don't have that many lengths available to you. Lent is here to get you ready for eternity. You've only got a limited number. That's the way I like to think about it. So I don't want to waste one, right? I don't want to waste a single one. I want to take advantage of them. Because this is all I've got. This is what God's given me. This life here. This Lent. Today. The second Sunday of Lent. I'm never going to have another one like this one. And I don't want to waste it. I don't want to lose it. And 
I don't just think about Lent that way. As I get older and spend more time in the house of God, I think about all the services that way. I think about, for example, Vespers. How sweet it is. What an infusion of grace to be in the temple of God singing the psalms. When the the rays of the setting sun are coming through the window and we're here in the midst of the congregation of the righteous. How sweet it is. And I feel, I deeply feel, I don't want to miss a one. I really don't. Sometimes I have to, I'm sick or I'm driving the bishop around. And uh, it makes me sad not to be here for Vespers. I feel this way more and more the older I get when I see the setting sun coming for me. How many Vespers do I have left that I can be in attendance in the house of God? Our life is full of choices. Full of choices. Moment by moment we have choices. What we're going to think about. What we're going to do and not do. And a good and a holy life depends largely on making very deliberate and wise decisions. Not just the big long-term decisions, but the immediate little ones. One of the consequences of the fall and our mortality and really the permeation of death in all of creation, one of the very serious consequences, which may not seem all that insidious at first, is really just our lack of ability to focus. We are distracted. This is perennial for all of us. There is an inner dividedness, this aimless wandering, even in our thoughts. It's hard to pray. It's hard to concentrate. There's so many choices. It's hard to know what we are to do. This is the source, even though it doesn't sound all that insidious, it doesn't sound like a great immorality or great violent offense. It is the source of a lot of woe in this world and in our life. The problem of our aimless wandering is so serious, in fact, that the entire apparatus of the liturgical and devotional life has been constructed by the church in the spirit to deal with it. That's why we do everything we do, to deal with this particular problem. Because if this particular problem could be overcome, oh, then we can soar with God. This is the thing that keeps us scratching around in the dirt in this life. Because we've been given everything. But to take wings and soar in the spirit requires of us one thing. And it's the one thing we struggle to do. Everything that we do in this liturgical life of a Christian is an attempt to refocus our attention. To help us to remember what's really, really important. That's what we forget. From the sign of the cross, I hope you make before your feet hit the floor in the morning when you get up. Okay, maybe you didn't know about that. Now you do. So every morning before your feet hit the floor, you need to make the sign of the cross. Start your day right. To the fasting guidelines that you pay careful attention to, not just in Lent, but on Ember Days and Rogation Days and Vigil Days and Fridays. To the propers. For the Sunday Mass, which of course you pay attention to because you've got them in your bulletin and you take them home and reread them and think about them and give attention to them. To Saturday Vespers, which is the beginning and preparation for Sunday Mass. To budgeting your finances with God in mind. To the holy water stoop maybe you have at your front door that reminds you that you've been cleansed and clothed in a robe of righteousness every time you walk in and out of your house. 
to the crucifix on the wall and your icon corner. But in the yearly cycle, it's Lent. It's Lent which performs a service for us most excellently. The scriptures, you know, they depict sin and death as wandering in circles. I won't go into all the passages, but this is how the scriptures depict sin and death. Kind of going around, wandering in circles. The curse of Cain was to wander in the land of Nod. That was the curse. To wander in the land of Nod. No direction. In contrast, the scriptures depict holiness, holiness as purposeful and directional. Having a clear sense of purpose and direction. You know, we often make bad decisions because we are simply not being thoughtful. Not being deliberate. Not being thoughtful. We sort of rush into bad decisions, don't we? I mean, we can all relate to that, right? We, we've reacted, or re- reacted to something and we've done something uh, that then we regret because we weren't thoughtful. We didn't slow down. We sort of lost our heads. Although I want to I wanna point something out that's a little bit more uncomfortable for all of us, I think, to realize. Often we are not being thoughtful on purpose. Very often we are not being thoughtful on purpose. Because we want to make the bad decision. Now I know this from hearing confessions. And I know this from being a, a wicked sinner myself. Um, We often want to make the bad decision, and so we are purposefully not thoughtful because we knew that if we were to slow down and actually contemplate the thing that we're about to do in the presence of God, that we would be forced by our conscience not to do it. So we just try and avoid thinking about it so that we can do the bad thing that we really want to do. Can anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but I I assume that you can relate to that. You know, we kind of put our fingers in the ear like the little kid, shut our eyes and jump into the stupid thing that we should not have done, and then later, oh, why did I do that? I regret that. So before you make a decision, for example, not to pray, because something else has come up, come up and seems so very important, I would encourage you to slow down and give some serious thought to the decision in the presence of God. To ask for wisdom. Because what's done is done. I mean, after you've done it, it's done. You can't get it back. I mean, there's always forgiveness and mercy, but there's also always consequences, too. Let's not forget. We don't talk too much about that anymore in our day and age. There are consequences. Life is short. We don't want to have regrets in the end. That's why we think about our deathbed. We ask our Blessed Mother... To intercede for us that we might have a holy death. Time to repent. Our children in, in school are learning about prudence. Let's teach them prudence by example. Well, in closing, this has all been about uh, a couple of phrases in our epistle reading this morning. Where St. Paul writes to the Thessalonians and he literally pleads with them. He pleads with them saying that he has passed along to them from Jesus. From Jesus, he says. He's, he's pulling out all the stops, right? He's, he's saying, look, listen, this, this comes straight from the top. This comes from El Jefe, directly. 
Jesus told me to tell you. That's what he's saying. Jesus told me to tell you this. He told me to tell you how to live and how to please God. That's what he told me. How to live and how to please God. Furthermore, he told me what his will is for your life. Oh, what's the will of God for my life? And what's the will of God? It's the same thing for everybody. He told me what the will of God is for your life. That you become holy. That you become holy. He goes on and gets real practical too. We don't like this either. But he goes on and tells them that they, that, that means that they cannot be engaging in immoral behavior. But they must concern themselves with pleasing God in the way they live. And if they do this, and if they make this the focus of their life, the question for every decision before them, they will be holy. And that is God's will for us. That's it. Full stop. There's nothing more, nothing less. That is what we are to concern ourselves with. How we live, being pleasing to God, the pursuit of holiness. Everything else, everything else, which we get so worked up over, so worked up and troubled and concerned about so, so many things that as I have told you so many times, God does not care <laughs> about all these things that you are so concerned about. Oh, yes, he cares, but he doesn't really care. They're, they're fine. They're fine. Do the best you can. But in the, in the big picture, in the big picture, at best, these things are residual. At worst, they're really just a distraction. If we focus on the one thing, what does it mean to please God? And how do I pursue holiness? Everything else will fall into place. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.